So I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what, what do you have this morning? And, and, and I just heard, oh, that feels wonderful. Winds blow, let the winds blow. <clears throat> but I heard a life of a risk taker. So we're, we're going to go on a little journey this morning and just kind of see what the Lord, what the Lord shows us. And, and uh, we're going to hang out. We're going to hang out. See, I, I, can, I can personally, uh, I guess, say I'm, I've been, I'm, I'm one of a risk-taking kind of a person. Even when I was in my younger days, I did a lot of stupid things. I did a lot of stupid things. And one thing, but you know, it's crazy because I lived such a, a crazy life, you know, and when I say crazy, it wasn't a good life, and I don't glorify the things that happened in my past, so, but, so I'm not, don't hear what I'm not saying when I say that, but I made decisions based on just not caring. I just took risk, but things that I, <clears throat> and I would do things that were life-threatening, and my wife will, will will say, yeah, he did some stupid stuff. We did some dumb things when we were younger. But out of all the, all the things I've ever done, you guys know that I'm afraid to get on roller coasters? I just, I just cannot get on a roller coaster. I'm just, I don't know what it is. But anyways, that'll break off me. <clears throat> but re- taking a risk, I remember I was... Uh, I think even the jobs that I had as a younger person, I, was, I did a bouncing. I worked in the, the most craziest nightclubs as a bouncer, fighting all the time. And it was like fighting was just so natural to me. I used to love to fight. I would get in the nightclubs, and there'd be hundreds of people, and, they would just, and we would get into these fights with the entire club. Stupid. But... The things that we would do, a lot of times represent our character, even in the spirit, but we don't even know it. We don't know it. So, I want to talk about risk-taking this morning. Did you know revival is all about risk-taking? Revival is all about risk-taking. It takes risk to step out into the unknown. It takes risk for you to do something that you've never done before. It takes risk for you to leave everything you know behind to go and follow what God is saying to do. Listen, Pastor Felix and Vicki, they came all the way from El Campo, Texas. This is their first time ever stepping out like this. Daniel Roxy, all the way from Iowa. We have people that are coming in from Kansas, Kentucky. God is doing something. But listen, when we say yes to God, we don't know what it looks like. We just say yes. You see, risk takers, those are the pioneers. Those are the ones that say, I don't know what it looks like, God, but I'm going to go and I'm so scared of what it looks like. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Come on, I remember when we left, when we first stepped out on this journey, the Lord sent us to Alabama in the middle of nowhere 
with a population of like maybe two. In the middle, in Florence, Alabama, right there by Muscle Shoals. He sent us there. And I'd say, God, why Alabama? What is in Alabama? I didn't know nobody. I had no family. I knew nobody. But the Lord sent us. We left everything behind. So you go and you leave everything behind. And then all of a sudden you get attacked. You get attacked. And I can say that Felix and Vicky, the past month, they've endured an attack on their family, on the ministry. But it's because they said yes to God. Now listen, I'm not saying the attacks come and there's a punishment. But what I am saying is that there's a greater glory that God is bringing upon them. There's a greater glory that God's doing. And the greater glory comes when we say yes to God and we take those risks. Listen, we can go to a Walmart, we can go to a Starbucks, we can go anywhere. And if we take a risk in stepping out and telling somebody about the goodness of God, the result will be somebody will be impacted and transformed. But somebody has to be willing to take the risk. Sometimes we get so comfortable sitting in our seat and chair and we look so religious and we look so holy, but we do no good. What good is it to sit in a chair? Yeah, you're going to go to heaven. There's, that's a great reward. Did you know that everybody that plays in a Super Bowl, they all get a ring? Even the water boy. I think... Anybody who was a paid staff on that team, they get the same reward because they're part of the team. And they all play, pay a part. One person, the fourth string quarterback, will never get in the game. He'll never see any time on the field, but he gets the ring. They receive the same benefit but there's something about being a playmaker. I want to get the Heisman. I want to, is it the wrong? What is it? I want to get the trophy. I want to, when I get to heaven, I say, Lord, I ran the ball, God. Oh, I was scoring touchdowns. I was in it. You see, there's much more to this walking of Christianity that we see. We have to get to a place of taking a risk and stepping out behind the four walls of the church. We can be effective that everybody that we meet, whether it's in a Walmart parking lot, you can tell I, I don't go nowhere else besides Walmart, right? Because I use it all the time. But you get what I'm saying. How are we being effective? How are you being a risk taker? Are you affecting people that you come in contact with? Are you impacting and transforming? Or are you gossiping and sitting there? Well, you know, brother so-and-so is doing this. Sister so-and-so is over there doing that. Shut your mouth. That ain't kingdom. I don't know who that's for. It's not for nobody in here, though. 
We have to be risk takers. Jesus. Risk taking comes in releasing. It comes in praying for people you come in contact with. I was at the Harley Davidson the other day. Me and my son went for a ride. No, actually, even Tad was with me. Yeah, Tad, me and Chris, and Tad went for a ride. Harley Davidson had a man come up and, hey, how are you guys? And like, I'm like, all right, Lord, you're going to give me an opportunity. I'm like, hey, bro, can I pray for you? Yeah, sure, go ahead. We all got around him, Tad, Pete, Chris, and myself. Just released the kingdom on him. Right there in the parking lot of Harley-Davidson. And I guarantee you there were seeds of destiny that were put in him at that moment. But see, we don't ever want to cross the chicken line and take a risk to be a blessing. That man might have missed an opportunity at that moment to know Jesus. Risk-taking is stepping outside of your comfort zone. Listen, I challenge you right now. If you're watching right now, even today, do something and challenge yourself to step out of your comfort zone. Tell somebody how much Jesus loves them. Risk takers are willing to kick all fear aside and take on the challenges regardless of the outcome. I remember oh, one time I was youth pastoring in San Antonio, Texas, and we would do this thing called treasure hunting. And I would gather a team of youth, and we would go down the middle of the city of San Antonio, downtown, and the night before, we would pray. We would ask the Lord, Lord, show us tokens of who you want us to pray for. And some of the youth would be like, well, I just saw a shirt that says Jesus. Uh, no, no, that says love. No, I saw love. And one person would, you know, so they would see different watches and different colors. So the next day we would go out and we would do this thing called treasure hunting. And we would go search for the treasures that God put in their heart. And we would walk down one time. And I, I'm going to share this story because this is really powerful. My son Christopher, mind you, they're 12 years old at the time. He says, they're in prayer, they're soaking. He says, all I just see is love. I just saw the word love. I said, okay, well, let's see what God has for that. So we're going, we're walking down the city of San Antonio on the main strip. There's hundreds of people all around. I mean, it's right there by the Alamo. It's right there on the river walk. And all of a sudden, this girl, this teenage girl walks by in front of us, and she's wearing a T-shirt that, that says love. Just random shirt, love on the front and love on the back. Chris freaks out and goes, that's the one. I said, okay, so we got to go and we got to follow her. You know, we're going to follow her and we're going to release what the Lord has for her because there's a treasure that God has for this young lady. So she's across the street and into the city of downtown. They have these lights that blink and when you can walk and so we're trying to get to this girl. You see, we're following love. The prophetic message in that. We're following love. We're chasing after love. And then the light's like, bing. It says, wait. Bing. Wait. 
And as we're waiting, this girl gets farther and farther ahead of us. And then it says, go. So we go. I mean, and I got a whole group of kids, like 15 kids, teenagers. Looks weird. We're walking down, we're chasing love, and then we're following her and following her. And then all of a sudden, she disappears. Disappears. Like, she must have something. She, we lost her. And we wound up in this square in the middle of the city of San Antonio in front of a, a big cathedral that's really well known. It's a beautiful place. It's millions of dollars of artifacts in there. And we're standing there just looking around, looking for love. And there's a young lady that's sitting on the, a bench. And she's there by herself. And then one of our youth says, I have a word for her. So Alice says, well, let's go. Come on. So we grabbed her and her and Alice went and they walked up to this young girl and they begin to speak to this, this girl. And the girl says this. She says, you know, I've never been on a bus in my entire life. She must have been about 18, 19 years old. She says, I got up this morning and I got some money and I went to the bus stop and I just got on the bus. I just got on a bus. She says, then the bus dropped me off right here, so I got off the bus and I didn't know where to go, so I sat here. So Alice and one of our youth began to prophesy to this young girl. And this little girl, this girl gets touched and impacted by the Lord. She's weeping and crying and sobbing. The power of God falls right there in the middle. She comes to know who Jesus is right there. In that middle. You see, when you follow love, things like that happen. But you have to be willing to take a risk. You see, as a, as, as a youth pastor at that time, we had to learn how to lead by example. As pastors, we had to lead by example. As leaders, we had to lead by example. As believers, we had to lead by example. If our fruit looks rotten, nobody's going to want to eat of it. So we're there, and this young girl's encountering the Lord. Then I had one of my other youth say, I have a word for this, this young boy. And, and he goes and he has a whole word. And he begins to see destiny on this young man. He begins to see purpose and, and all this stuff for him. So we go with him to speak to this man. And my youth comes up and says, hey, how are you doing? My name is so-and-so. And, you know, now, now, mind you, they've never done this before. These are youth stepping out. They're taking a risk. Hi, my name is so-and-so, and, and he's nervous. He's so scared. And then the guy responds to him and says, no. He even puts his hand in front of him. No, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And then he tries to challenge the word. He says, I don't want to hear nothing you have to say. Get away from me. Go over there. Just go. Get away. And then he's like, no, but no, just leave. Go. You see, risk-taking are those people, the risk-takers are those that will take the challenge regardless of what the outcome looks like. Regardless of the person rejecting the very message that you, you have to give them. Jesus loves you. Whatever. No, really, he does. 
He really does love you. They say yes without any hesitation. When situations seem hopeless, they trust God for guidance even more. Maybe you've been there. I know I've been there. I want us to turn to Second, uh, I'm sorry, First Samuel, twenty-five. First Samuel twenty-five, and we're going to start. Let me see here. Because I want to talk about risk takers. Holy Ghost. Let me know when y'all are there. See, I'm going to talk about a person in the Bible named Abigail. Abigail was a risk taker. So I'm going to start off in verse, uh, in verse 2. There was a wealthy man named, uh, Mal- I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Malon who owned a property near the town of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and it was a sheep-shearing time. This man's name was Nabal, and his wife was Abigail, was sensible and was a beautiful woman. But Nabal was a descendant of Caleb, and he was crude and mean in all of his dealings. When When David heard that Nabal was shearing the sheep, he sent out ten of his young men to Carmel with this message for Nabal. He says, Peace and prosperity to you and your family and everything you own. I am told that it is sheep shearing time while your sheep herds stay among us near Carmel. We never harmed them. We've never done nothing. was ever stolen from them. Ask your own men, and they will tell you this is true. So what David was saying, he says, listen, we've taken care of all of your sheep. Nothing has ever been stolen from you. We've taken care of you. He's basically, he's greeting Nabal. I hope I'm saying that right. He says, ask your own men. They'll tell you. So would you be kind to us? Since we have come at a time of celebration, please share any of your provisions that you may have on hand with us, with your friend David. David's young man gave this message to Dumbal in David's name, and they waited for his reply. And then he replies like this, Who is this fellow David? Nabal sneered. To the young men, who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and water to them, my meat that I've slaughtered for my shears, and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who, come from who knows where? So he, he cursed David. Nabal cursed David. He, he, he insulted him. So David's young men, they returned, and they told him, they told what Nabal had said. And then David responds, 
Get your swords, was David's reply as he strapped on his own. Then 400 men started off with David and 200 remained behind to guard the equipment. Meanwhile, one of David's servants sent Abigail. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. So this guy, Nabal, insults David. He says all these things to David. Goes back when David was being generous and kind. Goes back and they give the report to David. Now David says, you know what? Who does this guy think he is? Get the men ready. Get the swords. We're going to go kill him and his family. We're going to take him out. 400 men for one guy. That's, that's a pretty bold statement. Can you imagine one guy? You show up with 400 men like, really, bro? 400 guys for me? Meanwhile, I'm on verse 14 now. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent a message from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we've never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was ever stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, the day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and our sheep. You need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He is so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. In verse 18 it says this. It says, Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of of roasted grain and hundreds of close clusters of, of raisins and 200 fig cakes. And she packed all of them on a donkey. And then she went into the mountain, into a mountain ravine, and she saw David and his men coming toward her. Now listen, she knows that David's about to go and kill her husband. And her. Because we'll read down later on in the scripture how David said, I, I just told my men to spare nobody in your family. To kill everybody. Mothers, kids, brothers, sisters. Take off the whole lineage. But wisdom comes in. Abigail steps out and she takes a risk. The Lord gives her strategy. It's like, okay, Go grab this, go all the figs, get all the raisins, go all this, and pack it up. <clears throat> so in verse 19, in verse 19 it says, And said to her servants, Go ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she did not tell her husband where she was going. As she was riding her donkey into the mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. All 400 men were coming towards this one woman with a donkey. 
David had just said a lot of good things to help this fellow. I'm sorry, hold on. Yeah. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen, but he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow. That's what David said. He wanted them all dead. In verse 23, it says this. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and she bowed before David. She fell at his feet and said, I accept the blame in this matter, my Lord. She took a risk. She took a risk no matter what the circumstances looked like. This man was about to go kill her family. She took a risk. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal, I know Nabal is wicked and he's ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, I surely, as, I, as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought before you. <clears throat> before you and your young men. And then she says, please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord surely will reward you with lasting destiny. For you are fighting the Lord's battle. And you have done nothing wrong throughout your entire life. You see, she took a step out. What would have happened if Abigail wouldn't have risked that moment? What would have been the, what would have been the opposite spectrum that would have happened to that family if Abigail would have said no? You see, we're called to be risk takers, guys. We're called to step out of the boat. You know, you've heard me say this many times. That we're, we're called to be boats. Some of us are called to be boats. And the boats move by the breath of God. We raise a sail and the breath of God. But there's another part of that story. As we become the boats, God takes us where we're supposed to be. Then you got to get out of the boat. You can't stay in the boat. you got to get out of the boat and take some land. And that comes from being a risk taker. Jesus. When you take risk, I'm sorry, when taking risk, you'll make mistakes. But the, the mistakes don't define you. I just want you to know that the mistakes don't define you. We made a lot of mistakes. We're still going to make mistakes. And it's how we respond to those mistakes 
is what defines us. We have to see people how God sees them. We have to be willing. You know, we shared last week or a couple weeks ago about the precious coin. We have to see people as that precious coin. We have to go after the one. We have to be willing to take a risk. You know, I, I'm thinking about this whole situation that we're, we're seeing and the attacks of the families and with one of our, one of our, our leaders that in, are in Texas that we cover and then now Pastor Felix and then this morning Alice tells me, I don't know what's going on, something's wrong with my stomach and I mean, she's in, she's in a lot of pain and she couldn't come to church this morning and I'm like, God, what is this all about? What is it all about? But see what it is, is the enemy is attacking the risk takers. He's attacking those pioneers. Because he knows that if he can stop you from stepping forward, he'll stop, he'll stop us from stepping into what God has for us. I'm going to tell you what, and I'm going I'm to just speak free, freely right now, but the enemy wants these doors shut. The enemy wants this place shut down. But God, but God. And see, we're saying yes to the Lord. No matter what the outcome looks like, we're saying yes to God. We're saying yes, God. We don't know what it looks like, God. We don't know why you, Pastor Felix comes thousands of miles away just to wind up in the hospital. That ain't your will, God. It ain't your will that people, you know, are struggling. It ain't your will, God, that the, it's not the will of God. So we have to begin to agree with what heaven declares and the words. Listen, the women had their women's, uh, women's fellowship this past Saturday, and I heard it was powerful, but it was all about the promises. It was about the promises of God. Sometimes to get your promise, you have to, you have to step out of the boat. Got us about the boat, Angel. In order for you to get your promise, you have to take a risk. I don't know what it looks like. We're on this journey. Maybe you're watching, you're on this journey, you don't know what it looks like. That's probably the best place you can be. Because you don't know what it looks like. And you got to trust in the Lord. Somebody gave me a little sign. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was cool, though. But it said, trust in the Lord. But lock your car doors. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought it was cool. I mean, trust in the Lord, but lock your car doors. And for me, that's like, okay, I trust in you, God, but there's wisdom and strategy. There's wisdom and strategy. And I feel that's what the Lord's doing right now. You know, we, sh we shared about the dilly doors that were being opened, the doors of heaven that were being, being blown wide open, and I believe that so wholeheartedly. 
I see the place now. We're missing a whole lot of families that are not here this morning. Lord, wherever they're at, Lord, bless them. Bless those that are watching. But I know that everybody in this room, everybody that's watching, you're called to be a risk taker. Peter, can I get you to come on up here, please? You're called to be a risk taker. No matter what it looks like. I can honestly say, when the Lord said to come to Ohio, I had no idea what we were getting into. I had no idea. But I heard the Lord say yes. And all we do is when the Lord says yes, then we just say yes with him. But since we've been here, my heart has fallen in love with the people. I've made families, my extended families. And maybe all, some of y'all didn't like me to begin with, and I hope you like me now. <laughs> I love y'all. I do, I promise. But God is faithful. If anything, this morning, I want to stir your spirit for you to step out. I don't know if, if, if the Lord would have given me all the blueprints before we came to Ohio, all of the heartache, all the hardships, all the, whether it's a struggle or whatever, I don't know if I would have said yes ahead of time. But we said yes because we want to take a risk. Because I believe, and I believe even yesterday as the women did their, their, their morning meeting, something got activated in the spirit. It was about coming into their promise, coming into their identity. Because in order for you to walk in and, and to be a risk taker, you have to know who you are. To know that you're not taking the risk because God is going before you. Did you know that every time you take a step of faith, you take a, 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 a risk, you take a, an advancement forward, there's a host of heaven that goes before you? The Lord has paved the way before us. He's paved the way before us. See, somebody took a risk here. Many, many years ago, somebody took a risk. And it exploded. They expanded. And then somebody else had to take another risk. And something else happened. Billy Graham took a risk. And he touched millions along the world. But most importantly, there was a man that took a risk in telling Billy Graham. What if that man wouldn't have stepped out and said, I'll take the risk, God? You see, that's how important we are. 
that there's a seed inside you and I that we're called, that we're called to deposit. There's seeds of destiny, seeds of life that we carry. What good is a seed if it's here never being produced? Seeds are worthless if you do nothing with it. If the farmers keep the seeds in the bags, all it becomes is food for the rats. But when they plant it, what happens? Value comes forth. Food comes forth. Money comes forth. I heard somebody say this yesterday. There's a horrible smell. <laughs> For those, if this was smell-o-vision, you could smell the screen. There's a horrible smell that surrounds some of the, the, the plants where they're planting. I guess a fertilizer. But somebody said that they call that the liquid gold or liquid. You said that, right? Somebody says they call it liquid money. Liquid gold. Why? Because it fertilizes the seed. Even, look, God can use the crap to bless the seed. Yes, I said crap. <laughs> but it'll bless the seed. For the religious folks, they're done. But we have to be willing to step out, guys, to say yes to the Lord. It may look different for everybody. It may look. It may be in your own realm. But I challenge you this morning. I challenge you this morning to take a risk. To get out of your comfort zone. Do something that you wouldn't normally do. We see it all the time, everywhere we go. Somebody's got crutches on. There's old ladies that are walking around, they're in pain and arthritis, and we see it everywhere we go. And you should feel horrible. I do. I feel horrible when I see somebody and I feel that pull and I do nothing with it. It's because you and I carry the answer to seeing them healed. That you would take a risk. So this morning, if we can stand, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you, God. I thank you for the risk takers, God. I thank you for those that are here, God, those that are watching, God. Lord, that you would give us wisdom and strategy this season, God. How to step out. Lord, give us Give us the courage, God, to cross the chicken line, to take a risk, God, to be a lighthouse in a dark place, God, to be a beacon of hope, to be a lifeline to the lifeless, to bring a hope, to be a hope dealer. <laughs> that hope would come, hope would flow. Lord, teach us how to be the rivers, God, that create the pathways 
Let the river roads begin to be birthed. Father, we thank you, God. Father, we thank you for those that are watching right now, God. We thank you for all the risk takers right now, Lord. Father, God, we just say more, 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 your tangible and transferable glory, God, will be released right now. In Jesus' name, amen.